Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Rangers Review uh, post-match reaction video following uh, the 2-2 draw at Ibrox this afternoon against Celtic. Uh, it's, it's as you were, really, Rangers uh, trailing Celtic by nine points. Um, it's a match of... It was a roller coaster of emotions at times. Rangers lost an early goal, of course, a mistake, a catalogue of errors, you could say. Um, Alfredo Morelos giving the ball away to Meda, who um, managed to burst through on goal past James Tavernier before slotting past Alan McGregor. Rangers had a number of uh, opportunities in that first half. Alfredo Morelos with a couple of headers that he nodded wide. It wasn't the best of halves from the Colombian. Ryan Kent uh, really should have done better with an opportunity that Joe Hart had saved after. Good work, you have to say, from Morelos putting him under pressure. Um, Tillman also had a, a fresh air swipe in, in, in the first half, but they came out revitalised Rangers. They managed to get an equaliser, a well-worked goal from uh, Al McGregor's long kickouts. Fashion Sakala with great control, who was uh, man of the match, and I'm sure we'll discuss it, him at length on this video, setting up Ryan Kent, who curled a magnificent right-footed drive past Joe Hart in the Celtic goal. James Tavernier then added a, a penalty, uh, well-hit uh, strike from the spot after Sakala was upended in the box. Um, but uh, just as it looked like Rangers would uh, close out the game and take home a much-needed three points, uh, Kyogo capitalised on a bit of a, a mishmash in the, in, in the Rangers box and, and rifled the ball into the roof of the net. And that's how it ended. Uh, myself and Joshua Barry were at the game. Uh, Johnny, you were watching from home. Um, what was your main takeaways from it? Well, I think um, Rangers were very, very poor for the first 30 minutes. But just as they were poor, they were the better side going forward from that point. And the turning point for me was... The pressing of Alfredo Morelos when he shut down Joe Hart, and all of a sudden that opened up a very, very good chance. A great bit of play by Glenn Kamara to find Ryan Kent. And to be fair to Joe Hart, he made up for his error by tipping the shot onto the post subsequently. But it almost felt like it gave Rangers belief that they could hurt this team, that if they pressed, if they turned the ball over high up the pitch, they could get at them. And from that point on, Rangers, I thought, pretty much dominated. And Alan McGregor wasn't really called into much action. Unfortunately, Celtic kind of scored with their two big chances in the game. And that was that was how it went. You look at the XG, 2-1 Rangers would be the XG scoreline. And I think nobody could really complain if that ultimately was the final score. So given the way recent old form derbies have gone, you'd have to say that's a move forward and well done to Michael Beal for getting his tactics right, especially in that second half when I thought Rangers were terrific for vast swathes of it. Really, really aggressive front foot. Fashion Sakala, um, not for the first time I embarrassed myself on Twitter by suggesting that Fashion Sakala needed to be hooked. I didn't think it was good in the first half and maybe... You know, I have other things to do while I'm watching the game. It may be that I missed a couple of great moments from I don't think many players covered themselves in glory. I don't think he did in that first half. But second half, I completely hold my hands up. He caused all sorts of problems. And I thought the difference was he was running into space behind and yeah. using his pace. And when Fashion Sagala does that, he causes any team's problems. And and look, he sets up the first goal and the penalty obviously wins. And I thought he had Juranovic absolutely on toast and I think we'll probably get to the substitutions I don't think Michael Beale had an awful lot of opportunity uh, Derek given the various incidents that were going on around the pitch injuries 
people who were dead in their feet, etc., etc. But I thought the minute Fashion Sakala moved more central, Rangers lost that threat that they had. And, and Joseph Juranovic would have been so happy to see Sakala moved away from him because every time he got the ball, the Croatian looked terrified. And yeah. that, that tells you something because I think we all know that Juranovic um, is a good player. Yeah, uh, the subs, we talked about the subs in, in the pre-match video, Johnny, and how the benches could be vitally important. Um, I think the, fa- the fact the Rangers, the two substitutions, nothing against Scott Wright and James Sands, but um, there is a, a golfing quality uh, with both sides in terms of the reinforcements they can bring on to uh, affect the game. Um, what do you make of uh, Johnny's point about Sakala, Joshua? We watched him at close hand. I thought he was the only player really in that first half that was diving into tackles, was pressing high, chasing lost causes, and it was getting the, the, the supporters up. Um, we all know he's a bit rash. He had a few opportunities in the second half, half chances you could say, but they were they were blazed high and wide. Um, but he sets up the first goal, great bit of control from a, a McGregor long ball uh, straight down to him. Uh, he sets up that opportunity for Kent and, of course, wins the penalty uh, as well. And I think deservedly named uh, man of the match. What did you make of Sakala overall today? Yeah, I think a lot of people probably at halftime were, if they were looking at a player to bring off, <clears throat> they'd been looking in at the front three because I thought one of the main differences in the first half was not only that Celtic were able to play around Rangers a lot, um, and Rangers, their, their, their press, for whatever reason, wasn't coming off um, as effectively as, as Celtics was. I, I think a big part of that had to be with just the pace at which the front three of, of the visitors pressed compared to um, particularly Morelos. But I agree with Johnny. I think the game kind of turned a bit when he, he pressed Joe Hart into that mistake. And that's kind of what can happen in, in these games. Sakala is unpredictable. I think he's unpredictable to even himself at points. Um, a, a conversation that we've had before is maybe the discussion is more on what he doesn't bring than what he does bring. Um, at times, you know, we, we high, highlighted, I think it was um, after the Aberdeen game, his goals per game is, is 0.5 per 90, um, which is pretty good in the Scottish Premiership. If over a 38-game season, that's almost 20 goals, um, which ranges, I, I've lacked that type of player. And I thought they just, I also thought it was a great example, Derek, of how Michael Beale's Rangers team aren't that. They're, they're they're going to have an identity. You're going to know roughly how they look on and off the ball. But I think what will really help them, and it's something that we've referenced before as well, is that they're going to be a bit more unpredictable in the positions that the attackers take up. So, for example, Ryan Kent um, is is mainly playing in that free role, a bit more central, but also at times he can go out and, and um, if there's the opportunity to go one-on-one with his man, if there's a bit more space out wide, he's got the license to do that. And similarly, Sakala at times you see him playing more central, but also picking the ball up wide, which which made an impact for either goal. And on the subs, I mean, it's a little bit circumstantial because obviously you've got so many injuries and we can speak all night about um, whose fault that is and go through player by player. That's kind of a separate conversation. But if you look at the subs bench, there was John McLaughlin, who's not going to come on, Leon King, Adam Devine, Scott Arfield, Antonio Chulak and Kima of the players who didn't come on. John Lundstrom, I think, had to come off because he looked like looked to have taken some sort of a knock. So that yeah, ruled out. The, did say that, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that ruled out the bringing Jack on to, to form a midfield three, which I think is why Sands came on. Which you can see that the logic in that, although obviously loses the ball cheaply and didn't do brilliantly, and and Morelos as well. Again, Beal kind of said that he has to come off because of where his hamstrings at and and, and because of where he's at injury wise. So while I agree, I think the game did change a bit with that. I don't think Rangers wanted to bring on another defender because they were still sitting high and they didn't actually concede any 
um, real quality chances up until that goal. They weren't um, in their penalty box and given Celtic control of the final third. So I do agree with the point that the substitutes changed it. But when you look at the bench and the, the circumstance of Lundstrom and, and Morelos both having to come off, I, I don't know how much, what, what else Bill really could have done, as I say, aside from maybe bringing on a, another centre-half. Yeah, uh, let's take get to some of the comments that are coming in. Loads of them coming in. Uh, a few, uh, a few issues. A few people. Um, well, a lot of people. Um, not happy with you, Johnny. A uh, big Harry Cock gets in touch. He oh, says, uh, "Derek, ask Johnny, <laughs> was that Kyle Walker at right back today? Great one-on-one -on -one defender. I think today proved Tav is not a good defender. But how do you respond to that?" The big man is going to have to accept that um, our opinions differ on Kyle Walker uh, and James Tavernier, and that. Comparison. I thought Tav had a ropey first half, but came onto a game in the second and did a lot of good things in the game. He's not back to his best, 100% correct. He's struggled with injuries, struggled with illness, and he isn't there yet. But I suspect that by the end of the season, under Michael Beale, Big Harry Cock will be coming at this from a different point of view. I really do. I think. Uh, James Tavernier, it's easy to, to criticise him at the moment because he's he's, he's struggled. He struggled yeah. with physical issues. He struggled with injury, as I say. But I think there's a lot of people that have written off James Tavernier in the past and have come to regret it. And I think that'll happen again. Yeah, Ian Smith says it. He wasn't roping the first half. He was woeful. I, I thought, like you, I think he'll. His penalty, first and foremost, the penalty was was fantastic. Um, no goalkeeper is saving that in, 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 in football. It was a fantastic, well-taken penalty. I thought defensively, was, he was sound at points. I think Maida gave him a, a bit of a tough time in, in the first half. Of course, he had. I think he should have done better for the goal. Um, you need to be stronger in, in the tackle, but it's yeah. clear he, he's he sent a couple of decent deliveries. Those two balls to Morelos for the headers as well. He should do better and should have two assists, Tavernier, but... It yeah, was disastrous for the goal, Derek. It was disastrous yeah. for the goal. There's no doubt about that. That's a huge error. But as you say, some of the deliveries were great. I thought back post defended the back post really well. He's got a bloody nose for it because yeah. there was several occasions where James Tavernier defended excellently with dangerous balls in there. Celtic clearly targeted that. They clearly highlighted that was an issue with the way Rangers played. And I thought he stood up to that examination, again, especially in the second half. You're not going to have a mistake like that and not be affected. It doesn't matter if you're a 31-year-old professional and the captain of Rangers or yeah. a youngster. And, and and he was affected. And, you know, he's, he's got to improve. There's no doubt about that. But I think he will. I think he will too. Yeah. You must need to do that, Derek, because Josh has always been a big defender of James Tavernier. Don't make it out just like it's just me, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, where do you stand on, on that, Josh? I mean, Michael Wheel has said he should be looking over his shoulder with young uh, Adam Devine breathing down his neck, but do you agree with what, what Stuart Ballantyne says here? He should be dropped. I think that's a, that's a, a tad harsh. And he's not he's not playing anywhere near um, what, what, what he should be right enough, but 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 would you like to see Adam Devine get an opportunity at, at right back? I don't think he's really been great all season um, and obviously you have to factor in that he looked like he was carrying something. Think back to Ajax away yeah. um, in particular, where I think he actually came off at half-time um, in that game. For me, yeah, and what Johnny's saying is right about defending his back post well at points. I also think for both goals, they could be prevented with when Tavernier's one-on-one, -on -one, obviously the first goal. 
it, there, there's three mistakes, isn't there? Because Lundstrom loses that 50-50 really cheaply. Yeah. Morelos just, I don't know why he's doing, uh, switching switching the ball like that when he's not even looked over his shoulder. And then, yeah, it was oh. it was bad. Um, but then Tavernier, I think it's naive to to not stop the stop the man when he's when he's running through on goal like that in whatever way. You know, professional fouls as much as I think you they're annoying um, when you're watching football and you want a team to attack. The best teams do them, uh, which is probably the the bond truth. And then the equalising goal, he's beaten way too easily by by Jota. So I, I mean, I thought towards the end of the game, it'd be interesting to see if anyone else um, thought this. Um, that was at the stadium. I thought he looked to be uh, like last five minutes holding um, either his calf or, or something on his right leg. He didn't look. He looked like he's been through the wars in that game. Um, so of, of course he should be looking over his shoulder because I guess no, that that's what Beal wants and it's, it's what he actually yeah. said. He made a real point of saying this in the post-match press conference, Derek, which you can obviously watch uh, on the, the YouTube and read on the website. He said he wants a culture of a game on within within the the training centre so that no place is set. And he, he made some really interesting comments, uh, which I'd encourage people to go and read. But effectively what he was saying was, at the moment he's had to pick these players because these players are there. He's not got anyone else to, to play. Um, literally, in the, his first game, he had no centre-half, so he had to play midfielders there. He wants a culture, he says, where everyone has to fight for um, their jersey and, and they don't have it as a guarantee. He just made an interesting few comments where he said, you don't know what I, what I really think about these players effectively because yeah. he, he's had to pick them. So I, I, I didn't think... I, th- I thought Tavernier was poor overall, aside from his, his penalty, because I think for either goal, despite the fact that he, he had a few of those back post headers... Um, for either goal, you point the fingers at him. And, and Beal again highlighted the fact that they were two poor, poor goals uh, to, to, to lose. But again, up until that point, I thought Rangers had done a good job of not handing Celtic control of the final third. And, and Celtic didn't play uh, brilliantly, I think, by their own standards. But I think a lot of that had to do with the way that Rangers got their press right in the second half. Um, kind of some indirect things. The way that Tillman, I thought Tillman and I um, can't remember who else it was, but just blocking those passes into into Cal McGregor and, and and making life a bit more uncomfortable for Celtic and then not conceding a barrel of chances when you go two or not because they, they played with a high line, um, but the, the space that Celtic actually had to play and if they weren't playing those balls in behind uh, w- w- was quite tight and compact and, and that's something that goes all the way back to Beagle's ideas about how it's best to defend your goal and, and keeping it in the mid zone and all these things that you can read about on the website. So generally, I thought Rangers did well up to that point. But again, the second goal's got lots of mistakes as well because you'd probably expect Jack to clear it and you certainly would expect Tavernier to not be beaten so easily by uh, Jota. Yeah, uh, here the, 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 uh, on our YouTube channel, folks, um, there's a facility called, is it Super Comments? I'm sure it is, um, where you can yeah. uh, you can donate to, to the site and it's greatly appreciated. Thank you for your generosity. It's fantastic. And I'll read to, I'll come to some of the comments, firstly from David Thompson, who gets in touch. Uh, thanks very much for your donation, David. Uh, he says, Gerard called it. If Tav could defend, he'd be playing at a much higher level. Um, that's an interesting one. And Aldo McNaught, good friend of the show. Uh, thanks for your donation, Aldo. Uh, Tav has never been the best defender. That, that isn't my issue. It's a loss of pace that scares me. There's no doubt about it. It, it. it does look like he's lost a yard of pace, Johnny, doesn't he? Yeah, and personally, I'm hoping that that's down to his injury and fitness issues. Um, mm. Fundamentally, we'll, we'll find out. Listen, he's 31, um, so he's not a spring chicken anymore. One of the great things about James Tavernier for me over the years, and I'll go back to it again, is 1v1 defending. He very, very rarely got torched by anyone. You think back to all these Europa League games that he's played in, all the way up to the final, of course, last year. 
it's rare that somebody gave James Tavernier a real, real tank and a real, real hard time because he's got pace and power. And if you've yeah. got pace and power, it gets you out of a lot of dodgy situations. You've got to remember this whole thing about Tav not being able to defend. <clears throat> a lot of it is because managers that have had James Tavernier at right back have asked them to bomb up the pitch and leave gaps in behind them. Yeah, and that's on them. They have to work out how to fill that space. You, you know, Gerard filled it brilliantly with uh, um, Ryan Jack dropping yeah. in to cover for him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, nobody was complaining about Tavs defending when that was happening because the structure was there that allowed him to maraud forward without really being exposed. I'm not saying that I don't think Tav has had issues this season. That maybe looks like he's lost a yard. What I'm saying is, don't write off a guy that's given so much for so yeah. long, especially when we know he's had injury and illness issues. And it takes a bit of time to get up to, to speed. And there's one other thing that I, that I would bring up, guys. Um, Michael Beale said, he specifically said about fitness, about the players' fitness after the game. It, it was a comment buried under a, a load of other comments that he made and it's one that maybe people didn't pick out, but I picked out immediately because I've always wondered about the fitness of this team. You know, they were so incredibly physically strong in that run to the Europa League final. And this season, they just haven't had that. They haven't had that burst. They've looked burst yeah. um, rather than having a burst uh, to yeah. the end of the games. And Michael Beale said, he actually pointed it out, this team will improve in terms of fitness and injury. So you're thinking to yourself, clearly he doesn't think that they're fit enough, or he wouldn't say that. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting point. Uh, Deepak uh, makes a, a good point as well. I'm sure you love comments like this, Joshua. He says, uh, maybe Tav should play right mid. Uh, <laughs> the shake of the head uh, tells it all. Uh, listen, I've went on record. I think we should play him up front, but uh, that, that's for a, so another does he, day. He always, he always says that when he's asked. Exactly. So let's, let's, let's uh, play him up front. Let's see if he's any good or not. Um, but uh, let's get to some of the other comments coming in. Um, Gavin Sloan, it touches on that the subs chat we're discussing. Uh, Lads, can we discuss our subs? It ultimately cost us a win. And it ties in with uh, what Chris McConnell says here. He says a Tillman Sands sub was really brutal and cost us the win. Joshua, what did you make of that? Um, Tillman came off, Sands came on. At this point, Rangers were, were leading. It was almost a, a sort of shut-up shop change. Uh, Tillman had just missed a glorious chance just uh, moments prior to this. If he puts that away, it's game, set and match for me, but I, I, it was blocked, of course, uh, by uh, Carter Vickers. That is decisive, isn't it? It's, that's a big moment in the game. He was removed for, for James Sands, but what do you make of this comment from, from Chris and the subs in general? I think the Lundstrom one, of course, uh, we heard he was, uh, he did pick up a knock, so Jack came on, um, and uh, Scott Wright coming on as, as well. What do you make of the subs overall? Well, I think you've got to remember that uh, Celtic also brought in an extra forward, so they're effectively uh, playing four up front. Um, so if Rangers wanted to have a free centre-back, then they would have had to bring on a Sands, who, um, although he was playing in midfield, could could drop a little bit, just as Lundstrom was in large parts of that second half. So I think that's probably why it happened. I think Tillman was dead on his feet. And and you're right, it's, football is, um, swings on these types of moments, Derek. And um, if, if Tillman puts that uh, goal away, then it's... A completely different discussion, probably about the substitutions. The argument I could I could maybe understand as well is not bringing Arfield on just because of what, although we we think of him as an offensive minded sub, um, he's so aggressive when he when he's sitting in that block and um, would would I think always raise the energy levels in a performance. So maybe surprised he didn't didn't come on as well. 
But again, maybe bring on Leon King and do go three at the back for the last 10 minutes. I just think that Rangers hadn't conceded any chances because they were still kind of retaining that height. And Sands obviously theoretically should be able to do what Lundstrom does and drop back. Obviously gives you an extra kind of, I guess Sands isn't the same height as Tillman, but you'd hope that he'd be a decent header of the ball given he's played some time at centre-back. But I agree it didn't work. Um, and, and, and Tillman, who I thought didn't have the, the type of impact on the game that you'd necessarily think, because obviously his offensive quality is what makes him. Um, I actually thought against the ball he was, he was pretty good today. Um, similar to what Johnny's saying, sometimes when you're working on the game, you um, always watch I always watch it back anyway and you get a better picture of it. But I thought, uh, especially in, in, in the second half, and even indirectly at points when he was blocking certain passes, uh, I thought that made quite a good impact. Yeah. I, I want to touch on this comment from, from Alex Kelly. He says, uh, does Cholak have a future under Beal? Top scorer in the squad and can't get a game in the biggest fixture of the season. Um, it's an interesting point. He and Kimar Roof were on the bench today. Now, uh, Michael Beal did touch on this yeah. in his post-match uh, press conference, folks. You can check it out on our YouTube channel. He said, uh, Kamar and Antonio are there in mind, body and spirit. If we were 2-1 down with 10 minutes to go, they would have both been on the pitch, but we weren't. They're not quite ready yet, and they have to be fair to them uh, as well. Um, is that understandable, Johnny? Would you like to have seen Antonio Cholak? I certainly think in the first half, he buries those two chances that Morelos misses. Listen, I don't think Antonio Cholak is fully fit and ready to be playing in a Celtic game. Fundamentally, he could have played, but will would he have given you the level of spring in his step, you know, real sharpness that you would expect from a player needed that's needed in a game like this? I don't think so. I, I, I think it's a big ask throwing, throwing that Cholak or Roof into this game. They need to be bedded in. We know what it's like. The, um, the expectations in a game like this are off the scale. If they come in and they're poor, then people are saying, why, why were they put in in the first place if they're not ready? Mm. So I get what people are saying I think Morelos gives you so much more than Cholak. I've got, I've got to be honest. I've been a very big critic of Alfredo Morelos this season, and I don't think he's been right. But Cholak is a great finisher, a far better finisher than Morelos. But Morelos just he brings another dimension to this team. Let's be honest; we all know it. As frustrating yeah. as he is, it's it's the deal with the devil that you have to make to get the Tasmanian devil in your in your front line. Um, and Michael Beale talked about it. Uh, with his interview with the BBC afterwards, he said, I thought that Morelos had a big fight with Carter Vickers and Starfield, and sometimes he won and sometimes they won. But the space he created by pulling them out was what gave Rangers a lot of attack and impetus, and I think that's a, a good observation, and that's something that Antonio Cholak, for all his ability and skill, doesn't necessarily do. Yeah. Uh, listen, this comment's come in saying, is Antonio out of favour? And... and uh, part of the chat when Michael Beale was appointed, Joshua was was where does Antonio Cholak fit in this system? We've not seen him as yet, so that debate will rumble on, I think, until we actually see him in, in a Rangers jersey. But uh, it's, it's fair to suggest that Alfredo Morelos is uh, Michael Beale's preferred striker uh, up top alongside uh, Sakala, who who played today, uh, of course. But would you like to have seen Cholak at some point today? Well, I guess where where do you see him? Because you're not he didn't make substitutions at halftime. He's not played football since. When was the last time he played? I don't think he's played after the break, has he? So he's not played since uh, he was initially injured or didn't make the St Mirren game. So you're not... I just don't think you're going to start him and then I don't think you're going to throw him on at 2-1 because 
uh, hypothetically, if Rangers had conceded an equaliser and they brought on Ruth and Cholak, everyone would say that wasn't the right substitution because that's not what their quality is. Their quality is in the penalty box. So I don't think that's really a discussion until he's actually fit for a few games and, and does play. I think he will play under Beal because Beal wants to play with two uh, forwards on the park, as we've seen so far. Um, I actually think someone that we've not spoken about so far, Derek, um, Ryan Kent, if we can speak yeah. about that finish, we were sitting next to one another and the first thing that we said was that Ryan Kent's been trying um, to finish that goal, cut inside on his right foot and find the far corner since yeah. he arrived at Ibrox. And I honestly don't think I've seen him score that goal, apart from Hearts away where he found the bottom corner. Um, but it was a perfect finish, but to my memory, Ryan Kent has not often not often done that. Um, I, I, I thought he had a pretty good pretty good game overall and that was a, I mean, it was, it was a big moment, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Right at the start of the half. And if Rangers do go on and win that, Kent's played a huge part in in, uh, in getting the getting the points. Yeah, an interesting one. My, uh, my dad took uh, my uncle, who's uh, been to one football match in his life uh, before today. So my dad took him along for the experiences from Nyla Man. Doesn't have a clue about football, but uh, loved it. And I picked him up. Uh, we drove home after the game. And he says the number 14 was the best player on the park. So uh, he definitely agreed with you, Joshua. He was a big fan of uh, Ryan Kent, he thought he was he was really good today. Uh, what do you make of Kent, Johnny? That certainly second half and that goal that that's that's what he's capable of. We need to see more of that, don't we? Yeah, I mean, cream cream rises to the top. Ultimately, I've always been a big fan of Ryan Kent. You can have your frustrations with him. I don't think he's naturally suited to playing against the low block quite a lot of the time. Um, but I certainly think his form's massively improved. Since Michael Beale's arrived, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Since he's been pulled off that touchline and been given more space to operate, and then Ryan Kent has started to deliver much more. He needs to add more goals to his games. His assists are still excellent if you look at the numbers there, but if he could add 10 to 15 goals a season, then what a player Ryan Kent would be. And listen, he's got enough talent. He's got all the talent in the world. You, you compare him to someone like um, uh, James Forrest. I mean, they're not even in the same planet in terms of talent but James Forrest has got so many more goals yeah, uh, than Ryan Kent in terms of goals per 90 and things like that so he needs to try and add that to his game, that's a huge thing if he can do that then the sky's the limit for Ryan Kent there's no yeah. doubt about that for me I'd love to see him sign a new contract and stay at Rangers and again Michael Beale post-match was talking about, I think the quotes on our, our, our Twitter feed, it was something akin to you know, Ryan Kent's loved here. Yeah, so I've got it here. All all the time I'm here, Ryan Kent has a place and is loved. Time and time again, when it matters, he shows up for this football club. I think that's kind of true. The big games, Michael, Michael uh, sorry, Ryan Kent is a real deliverer of quality. And yeah. once again, we've seen that. Derek, just on on just yeah. on Kent, uh, something that is on our Twitter page if you want to go and read it, but it's an article that we did uh, a couple of months ago. Um, another thing that Beal said was that he was speaking about his running stats, but he was saying in the final third, a lot of the time he draws people on to him if someone else might get the assist to the final shot. The, the perfect example of that was the game against Hearts, uh, the 1-0 game just before Van Bronckhorst was sacked. We remember he took on like three players, I think played it into Barisic, who set up Tillman. Um, so, so there's a piece on that if you want to read it on our, our Twitter page at the moment, because I think it, it does explain that Kent at times does overcomplicate it and Beals has said that since he came into the club sometimes he needs to simplify his game but also at times I think he's unfairly judged um, off numbers that you know he's he's not I think at this point in his career he's not going to be someone that arrives at the back post and, and scores all types of goals just because he's he's not done it up to now 
But sometimes I, I thought the the first half against Aberdeen was a really good example where sometimes maybe a player doesn't get a goal or an, or an assist um, and in the final third they don't make that kind of... Um, what am I trying to say? It's, it's not there in the score sheet, but they do a lot and, and those players matter in the team as well. So it's an interesting discussion. I thought it was interesting that the kind of manager um, raised that point after he scored that goal. Yeah, Michael Beale did touch on it, uh, touch on Ryan Kent in his post-match press conference. He says, uh, listen, in terms of numbers of the position he plays in his output, every single game, every three days earlier in the season, his numbers for high-speed running, uh, his distance for the team, that has never been in question. In the th final third, uh, a lot of the time he draws people to him and someone else might get the assist or the final shot. Uh, he could come away with an assist if Malik finishes a big moment as well. Uh, Ryan Kent's quality for this football club is not in question inside the building and certainly not by me. And as, as you mentioned there, all the time I'm here, Ryan has a place here and he is loved. Um, another uh, super chat, I'm told it's a super chat, not a super comment. Aldo gets in touch. Thanks again for your, your donation, Aldo. Uh, talking about, about Beale and the, the, uh, the remainder of the scene says, win one or two of the cups and cut the gap as much as possible. Get the proper mentality back into the squad. Listen, I think that is uh, uh, the aim for the end of the season. I think that the league, we'll talk about uh, whether we think that the league uh, is uh, too... Uh, too long gone for Rangers to get back into it this season shortly. Um, but I want to get to one or two more of the, the comments coming in. A lot of um, comments coming in uh, in support of the centre-back pairing today. Uh, Rangers Easy OK says the centre-half partnership is a real positive. If we can get a goalie and a centre midfield uh, midfielder, we have the makings of a really good spine. And uh, Robert Dixon gets in touch and says Davis was class today, uh, very under the radar. Uh, I thought Goldson and Davis were were pretty decent today, Johnny. Um, would you would you tend to agree, or do you have a, a different viewpoint to that? No, I, I totally agree with that, Derek. I look at that first goal, and you see, well, there's no problems there in terms of the centre of the defence. That's absolutely nothing to do with them. And that second goal, I mean, it's one of those, isn't it, where... It comes off Scott Wright, doesn't it? Yeah, they're throwing body after body in the box. Uh, I think it's Ryan Jacks involved in a tackle. Yeah. Um, the ball then comes off Davis when he, when he blocks it and just falls to Kyogo. It's, it's, it's one of those situations, and I think, again, Ben Davies summed it up really well in the post-match press. He said, if you throw in that many players into the box then anything can happen. And it was one of those situations where anything did happen. Rangers had the bodies in there, but it just wasn't enough. And they, they, they tried to get the blocks on. I mean, Ryan Jack won the ball, um, unfortunately yeah. for him. Uh, Jota, I think, managed to get across and and, and get the ball across. And then Kyogo was there. But it, 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 you know, it's, a, it's a scrappy, scrappy goal full of deflections yeah. and, and bad luck. And ultimately, it's cost Rangers arguably the league title, the chance of continuing to yeah. challenge the league title. Because I think we all agreed prior to this game that a win was needed. Nine points. It's not that you can't recover nine points. It's that Celtic don't look like a team that are going to drop that amount of points between now and the end of the season. I think they've dropped five up to this point. So to imagine that they'll be able to drop that and Rangers won't themselves drop any, I think is, is highly unlikely. But yeah, for me, the, the main thing, Derek, and, and interested to hear what you both think about this, what I want to see from the remainder of the season is improvement and serious improvement. And the biggest part of that, and, and Beal did touch again on this in his presser, is in the transfer market. I want to see Rangers go out and get two or three players that come into this team, not the squad, 
the team and make it better. Not a guy for next year, not a guy for on loan who's going to be here for six months, but, but players, at least two, who add to this starting lineup and give it a different dimension. That's what Rangers need. Yeah, uh, this, he has said about that, Joshua, hasn't he? He, he, want, he yeah. wants players that are going to come in and start games uh, to drive up the standards as well. He's not interested in, in squad fillers. Rangers have too many of them. Um, but it's clear as day where, where they need to strengthen. I think that the central midfield area needs looking at. It needs uh, strengthening considerably. I know he, he touched on, he said that he liked to have Lawrence, Hadji, um, Roof, Cholak uh, back uh, in, in contention. Lawrence and Hadji are big players in, in midfield of that. There's no question. But the injury to Stephen Davis, which looks like it's going to end his uh, Rangers career, there is a, they needed to strengthen in that position anyway. But it's clear that they need to freshen things up in January, don't they? But, but it's going to be difficult, isn't it? That's it. It's easier said than done, bringing in players uh, of, of quality that are going to uh, walk into this Rangers side and improve the first 11 at this time of the season. Yeah, well, he said, <clears throat> uh, asked about this uh, in his, his press conference today, Derek, he said, you know, he wants all those said players back, John Suter, Ridvan Yilmaz, Yanis Hadji, Tom Lawrence, Kima Roof and Antonio Cholak. Obviously, the squad's in a real different place if that happens, but um, as ifs, um, he, he says you have to earn the shirt. I think the last few weeks people have played regardless. None of you lot know whether I fancy these players or not because they're the players I've got. They've gone and got the results up until today. They were three minutes away from getting a good result. And I think that maybe moves people's minds a bit. Um, he goes on. But the, the interesting I think he, the thing he said at the end was, um, this month will be a big month sorting out one or two futures. I don't want short-term signings, I think he's referenced in January, until the end of the season because there's no point to appease myself with the fans. We need people to come in that will be big players for Rangers in the next two or three years. They don't just grow on, uh, grow on trees. With this game out of the way now, it gives me time to get into that. There are some people I have got in mind. So, you know, the, it, Beal's not hiding <laughs> the fact that he wants a couple of starters in this window. And, and he needs it you, not only for freshness, all these discussions that we've had over over the last year, I don't think you'd find anyone that would disagree that this Rangers team need um, refreshing. Coincidentally, I think you're looking at some of the summer signings with Ben Davies, who I agree, who I, agree I think him and Goldson are looking good together. And you can see that when he's back, when uh, Red Van's back, when Tom Lawrence is back, um, all together, Rangers and, and Cholak as well, Rangers have signed a lot of good players last summer, probably just not enough. And for whatever reason... They, they left themselves in a position where they needed a number of players who could come in and play in that first team um, in the summer. They, they absolutely need a couple um, in the in the January window. And of course, as we said over the last few weeks, Derek has to be a, a central midfielder. Yeah, uh, I think if he can freshen up in January, that's, that would that, be fantastic. And Michael Kelly gets in touch. Morning, lads from Winnipeg in Canada. Uh, the Sakala cement is placed on that right side now. Um, I thought it, I thought it was it was terrific. Uh, Michael deservedly named uh, Man of the Match. Um, and yeah, I think yeah, he, he can. Uh, there, just thought, oh, sorry to interrupt, but that's. I think he does, but also what Beal will want is it, when when someone plays well, I don't think it necessarily means that they have to play every game. You look at Celtic today bringing uh, Jacques Amakis and um, yeah. uh, Jota off the bench. Rangers, again, injuries is part of that today. But Rangers shouldn't have a, a squad, I think, maybe a couple of players like a Goldson, but I think the majority of players like Sakala should be have to fight for their place because they're not perfect. They're going to give you yeah. performances like today. They're going to give you performances where they're not as good, but that's the point in having a competitive squad. And I think that's what Beal 
is is alluding to when he's referencing the, the need to um, earn the shirt after the game um, to, to make sure that that pushes players. That's something that he's referenced quite a lot since coming in. Yeah. Uh, listen, I think there is positives, isn't there, Johnny? I mean, uh, when that second goal went in from Celtic, uh, just... Uh, the atmosphere just uh, died because um, uh, there's the, the resignation of uh, of core, the, the high of what looked like t- uh, uh, it was going to be three points coming uh, Rangers way, and then the goal goes in, equalising goal. I think I think for me they had to win today, Rangers. I, they now need. I know people say oh, you've still got two old firm games uh, remaining. Listen, it's it's a match matches against St Mirren, Ross County, Hearts, Hibs, all those sort of games that they're going to. They're going to spring a shock or two, I think, from here and here on in. Although Celtic have shown that 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 consistency uh, thus far, and it's hard to see where they're going to drop points. For me, the league is gone, and it's all about uh, looking to close that gap as much as possible and concentrate on trying to acquire the two cups. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That's that's a hundred percent why what I feel as well. Yeah. In terms of looking at where Rangers can strengthen, Derek. I, Look, you look at it today and you, th- you think to yourself, if they had a mobile uh, finisher who could do what Cholak does and maybe a little bit more of a kind of speedster, so kind of a, a, a higher quality version of Sakala, I think that's an area that, that would really benefit the team. And that's a bit of money, that. That, that. That's the problem. That's the yeah. problem is finding somebody that's not a rough diamond in that position. And... A central midfielder who can get around and who's got a bit of physicality. Now, John Lundstrom, I thought had a had a really really weird game today, and and he's having a weird season, yeah, because he's had good games and he's had bad games and he's had games that have been wildly veering between both these two poles in the same game. And I thought that was one of those today again. Now I know he took a an injection again. He's been going through the pain barrier, and you, you've got to be careful about how. Uh, critical yard because he's shown what a good player he can be for Rangers. Um, but I think John Lundstrom at times needs to give a bit more in these type of games. He has got the physical and the technical capabilities to be a very, very, very good player at this level. Um, maybe he needs a bit more help. Maybe that's part of the problem. I thought Glenn Kamara was poor today, way below his level, and he's clearly a guy whose confidence has been has been rocked. I, have you ever seen Glenn Kamara give the ball away as often as he did in that first half? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was remarkable the amount of times he just he looked up and, and put the ball out of player straight to a Celtic player. But he's, he's not he's not alone. I think there was a number of players yeah. very much like the other night there against Motherwell that were just giving the ball away needlessly. Morelos was just losing it. The ball wasn't sticking up top, wasn't it? And uh, Golton had a couple of the misplaced passes, so he wasn't alone. But yeah, he's certainly one that, that's, uh, as Michael Beale says, have been through a lot of trauma this season. Yeah, well, listen, the, the big start from the game for me is 72% pass accuracy. Yeah. I mean, for the whole game. Now, it was rank rotten in the first half. It was, I think it was the first half was 69 or 70%. Yeah, 70% in the end. Um, but 72% is really low for Rangers. I mean, normally you're talking mid 80s. A Gerard Beal side at its peak would have been 88 to 92% pass accuracy. Yeah. Um, something like that. It would have been high 80s anyway. Yeah. So that, that really shows you how broken the game was. Celtic normally very accurate as well. Their, their pass was 82. So it shows you how how broken a game it actually was. But Rangers did have big chances. Big, big chances. They had more shots. They had more big chances. 
Um, their expected goals was was higher. Celtic had more of the ball, and the way Celtic play, you can kind of expect that. Um, but they need to be less sloppy with the ball, and I think that comes from Lundstrom and, and Glenn Kamara and whoever else is in there. I did think Ryan Jack improved matters when he came on. In that, regard. I, I thought they were better after the break. I thought Lundstrom and um, Kamara weren't great. I thought the whole team wasn't great at all before the break. But I, th- I thought after the break they were actually. Um, uh, pretty far improved. Uh, Lundstrom obviously dropped back a little bit, which has become, uh, becoming quite commonplace. I think Rangers started to win a lot more duels. Obviously, we'll have all the um, the kind of stats tomorrow to look at it in, in, in more depth, but the, the difference from actually when Rangers started to be a bit more aggressive and not be passive was, was night and day for me. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys, I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up there. Um, it's been a, a great show as ever. Thanks to everyone for interacting with the programme and for the, the super chat donations. It is very much appreciated uh, as well. Uh, just a reminder, you can see the little ticker below. Uh, we've got that fantastic offer on the website just now where you can take advantage of two months' worth of content for just a pound. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. And um, We'll be back uh, again tomorrow for a... Uh, uh, a more in-depth look at uh, the, the, the detail from, from the game uh, today. We hope you can join us uh, for that. And there's loads on the website as well, all the fallout from uh, the game this afternoon. And you can also check out the press conferences on our YouTube channel uh, as well. So, um, yeah, thanks to everyone for, for interacting with the show as ever. Uh, we'll speak to you again tomorrow. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Monday. Bye for now.